Hello, Reds Nation. It's now game two in the books, and the Reds are one and one. They were shut out today on a four-hitter comprised of four Pittsburgh Pirate pitchers. Say that a few times fast. Trevor Williams, who I said that I thought the Reds were going to rock because the guy throws 91, 92, 93, but, man, he just located really good today. It was cold. We'll get to that later. And he just, man, I just don't know if the Reds were too used to being in that warm Arizona sun and 35 degrees game time today had him freezing. You saw Yasiel Puig in his uh, ski mask, you know, red hood. It was pretty crazy out there today. So what happened with Sonny Gray? Big debut for the Reds. I thought Sonny Gray was going to be lights out. What happened? He pitched two and two-thirds innings. He uh, didn't strike out anybody. He walked four and even hit a batter. It was kind of a really bad, bad uh, outing. Uh, he only threw 72 pitches the entire start, which honestly, that's a lot of pitches through less than three innings anyway. But of those 72, only 35 were strikes. That's right, 37 were balls. So he couldn't throw his uh, off-speed pitches across the plate. And I think it has to do with the cold weather, probably not being able to get a grip, good grip on the ball. And because, uh, like I said, he walked four batters uh, today. And in 10 innings in spring, he didn't walk any. And so you got to think, I mean, did he just forget how to pitch? Probably not. I believe the cold weather had a lot to do with it. And uh, he just didn't have control of those off-speed pitches. That's what I'm going to say. Um, how'd the hitters do? Well... I got some really, really bad news. Uh, over the last two games, uh, Suarez was 0 for 6, Puig 0 for 7, and like I told you uh, in the game one recap, I said, you know, Suarez isn't going to go 0 for, wrong. Puig isn't going to go 0 for, wrong. And uh, man, I'm just looking wrong all the time now because I said that. Uh, Luis Castillo was going to give up four runs. Wrong. Sonny Gray was going to be lights out. Wrong. And then I said, as I just said, I thought that Suarez and Puig wouldn't keep going on the Donut Hole Express. So, uh, man, just a tough game today. Like I said, only four hitter. Only four hits allowed. Four hits, only four hits for the Reds. I don't know how I can get my tongue tied around that deal, but... Yeah, four hits. Uh, Joey Votto got on base again today. He's doing pretty good, hitting 375. Um, you know, besides him and Iglesias and Barnhart, nobody else is really hitting. And I'd like to talk about that. Now, what's going on? Well, I'm going to I'm gonna tell you right now, it's only the second game of the season. So that has a lot to do with it. But I will tell you this. This whole four-man outfield rotation is not working, and it's already not working. You know, you can't expect Kemp to not play two days ago and then all of a sudden start him today and then him 
get hits. It's called reps, getting reps. All these players, whether they're a first baseman, shortstop, whatever, center fielder, left fielder, right fielder, getting reps is the most important thing to being consistent at the plate. And right now you got Shebler, who's just flailing away at anything. They say he won the center field job. That's why Nick Senzel got sent to minor league camp and then he got hurt sliding into a base, right? Well, why would you... Okay, listen. Like, If you look at all the other teams, they have plans and they have depth charts. And the problem with the Reds is, A, they don't have a plan. B, the plan that they do have is no good. And then C, they don't even execute the plan they do have. Because here's the deal. All last spring, I'm not talking this spring, I'm talking last year, they had Nick Senzel working with who? Who was who Nick Senzel working with in spring training last year in the infield? Oh, that's right, Barry Larkin was helping him to become the next great red shortstop. Okay, so this spring, they got him playing center field, right? So when they uh, sent him down to minor league camp, where he got hurt in a minor league game sliding into a base, David Bell is quoted in saying he's never played a major league game in the outfield or center field. Well, so why are you playing him the entire spring training in the outfield only to de- demote him? Well, I know it's all about service time, but let me tell you another thing, ladies and gentlemen, before you get on me about this. Look at the Padres. Look at the White Sox. Look at some of these other teams with some stud young prospects. Tatis Jr. up, okay? Why is that? I believe some of these forward-thinking teams, and I know I'm right on this, the new collective bargain agreement is going to make this service time thing, you know, void. It's already been a problem with players like Chris Bryant, Bryce Harper, all the above. Everybody's complaining about it, so... When this next bargaining agreement goes on, I, I think it's going to be a moot point about the service time for a guy like Nick Senzel. So that's where the good teams like, you know, well, not, I don't want to say good teams. I want to say probably just better, well-oiled machine front offices or reading the tea leaves and going, okay, well, it's going to be irrelevant anyway, so let's just have Tatis Jr. up here. And by the way, I watched uh, the Padres uh, games because I have this Major League Baseball extra innings. And, man, that whole team is excited. That Tatis Jr., he's getting extra base hits, almost hit a home run the other day. That whole team is electrified by that youth and energy. Could you imagine if Senzel wasn't sitting down and Nick Senzel was leading off and Nick Senzel was getting doubles and stealing bases and just, you know, tearing it up? I mean, the excitement that he would have brought to the lineup is great. Which leads me to the other thing about the Reds. First game you had Jesse Winker leading off. Now you have Scott Shebler leading off. Now here's the problem. You just can't change these lineups every day. Look around Major League Baseball. It hardly doesn't happen. Okay, everybody has their job. And the four-man outfield rotation didn't work last year. Everybody's numbers hurt because of it. Whether it was Adam Naval, Scott Shebler, Jesse Winker, Phil Irvin, whoever, their numbers were hurt. It's undisputable. 
Okay, so this year you think a four-man outfield rotation is going to work except you're going to play Puig every day? It doesn't make any sense. Let me tell you something else, ladies and gentlemen. All these teams were wanting a corner outfielder. Some teams were even needing a left-handed corner outfielder hitter. Left-handed hitter, sorry. Okay, look how many teams have been looking for him. The Giants have been trading for outfielders. The Blue Jays have been trading for outfielders. Heck, the Reds even traded one of their minor league signings, uh, Jordan Patterson, over to him. So, yeah, that's what's happening. Okay, Kevin Pillar, who's a great center fielder, is sitting up in Toronto right now. They could have traded Shebler for Pillar and maybe a minor leaguer like, well, I want Griffin Conine really bad, or Sean Reed Foley. How about trading Scott Shebler for Kevin Pillar, having a center fielder, and ready to rock? And why would I want Kevin Pillar? Well, let me tell you his 162 game averages. Okay? He averages 150 hits, 36 doubles, 13 home runs, 54 RBIs, 16 steals. Now his batting average is only 260 and his on-base percentage he only averages like right below 300. But here's the difference. I think if he came to Great American Ballpark, I know he's not that much better as an on-base percentage guy than Billy Hamilton. But changing over to that ballpark, he's hit 31, 35, 37, 40 doubles the last four years. And he's hit 12, 7, 16, and 15 home runs the last four years. So I believe the only reason his on-base percentage isn't super high or even like, I want to say, respectable <laughs> is because he doesn't walk. But he, he's an, he, he, he gets a, plenty of extra base hits. So my way of thinking is let's trade Scott Shebler for Kevin Pillar and like Griffin Conine or Scott Shebler for Kevin Pillar and Sean Reed Foley, who's a starting prospect, who I think can make the Reds rotation uh, in uh, August and September this year. And let's get some corner outfielders like Scott Shebler out of here. Okay, another team that looking for outfielders was Cleveland Indians. I mean, They've been signing anybody and everybody. Carlos Gonzalez to a minor league deal. He's made their team. They signed some other veteran outfielders. Uh, I think they signed Hanley Ramirez. Of course, he is probably going to play a little first base for him. But, you know, there's plenty of teams needing an outfielder. But right there, Kevin Pillar is right there. The Reds need a good defensive center fielder. And they don't want to play Jose Peraza out there like my idea. Let's do Scott Shebler to the Toronto Blue Jays. For Kevin Pillar, and please give me Griffin Conine back. Future right fielder for the Reds, 2021-2022. So anyway, they got to clear some of these outfielders out of there. And I know, well, Jared, you just brought back Kevin Pillar. Well, here's the thing. I think Kevin Pillar would probably hit 40 doubles and probably 20 home runs for the Reds, and they could flip him uh, this next offseason. He's only 30 years old. But he's a gifted center fielder. Imagine having Billy Hamilton defensively, except the guy could have 40 doubles and 20 home runs. So And bat like 
around 250-260. Because if Billy Hamilton could have just batted 250-260, we wouldn't even be having problems right now. But, well, yeah, we would because, you know, never mind. Don't want to get off onto a tangent. But anyway, anything else happened today that was good for the Reds? Well, after Sonny Gray got pulled, you know, um, Mike... Lorenzen, Michael Lorenzen came in and pitched really well. Two and a third inning, allowed a hit, walked a batter, struck out two. And, um, you know, Wante Peralta got in there, who I think should be in the minors. Uh, Robert Stevenson, really impressed with him today, even though he threw a, threw a ball in the outfield and cost himself a run. Uh, you know, three strikeouts over two innings, didn't walk a batter, allowed two hits and an earned run. But the most important thing was no walks. Uh, anyway, so the bullpen wasn't horrible today. Uh, Reds lost 5 to nothing on a four-hitter. What else can you say? Well, they're going to have to fix some things. They're going to have to do some things. And I don't think rotating Scott Shebler, Jesse Winker, Matt Kemp is the answer. I think they got to do some things, make some trades, which I don't think they're going to do anything. Honestly, I don't think they're going to do anything. I think that they'll ride this out until Sinzel gets healthy. Then he'll play about two or three weeks in the minors, and hopefully he'll get brought up and they'll be forced to play him at shortstop. That's that's what I hope happens. But really, they need to get they need to get rid of this four man outfield rotation. Go with three outfielders. Just Jesse Winker in left, Kevin Pillar in center, or Phil Urban in center, and uh, Puig in right. Hopefully find a taker for Matt Kemp if someone needs some offense. I don't know who would take him. Diamondbacks were, oh, that's another team. Steven Souza Jr. went down. The Diamondbacks need outfielders. So, I mean, there's plenty of ways to make this work. But uh, to make an even longer story short... I think it's just all about the weather today. I'm not going to sit there and say the season's over like some people are in Reds Nation 4192. But I can tell you this, rotating these outfielders ain't going to work. I think Joey Votto is going to have a great great season. Uh, I said he got a hit today or got on base. He got two hits today. He had two of the Reds' four hits. And uh, one of them was a double. So, uh, you know, I think Votto is going to be fine. And it's going to be pretty interesting moving forward. Uh, tomorrow, uh, you're looking at uh, Tanner Rourke's debut as a Red. And uh, they'll be playing uh, the Brewers. And this is going to be a really, really, really big series. I think that uh, I think the Reds really got to play toe-to-toe with the Brewers. I think the Brewers are probably the I don't want to call them the best team in the National League Central because I think the Cardinals' young starters and then led by Paul Goldschmidt and Carpenter and those guys, I think the Cardinals are equipped to probably win the Central. But if it's not the Cardinals, I really think with the Cubs' pitching problems, I think the Brewers, especially if they add Dallas Keuchel, which they're talking about adding Dallas Keuchel and uh, Keg. Craig Kimbrell, or even or one of one of those, or even both of them. See, the problem with the Reds, and I know this should be for a Reds line and not for a game recap, but the problem with the Reds is 
They traded prospects for people that aren't going to be here next year. Okay? When the Brewers traded prospects, they traded for Christian Yelich, who was under contract for four or five more years. Does anybody see what I'm talking about here? So that's the problem with some of this Reds philosophy. Now, I'm not going to go crazy on the Reds because they took Homer Bailey's salary, which was $25 million, and they pivoted it to three players, Matt Kemp, Puig, and Alex Wood, who Alex Wood's still on the DL, and I'm not sure why the uh, medical staff clears everybody on the planet, but Brandon Nimmo and Sean Manea, but they'll clear Dilson Herrera, Max Wattel, and they won't clear, oh, and John Lamb, they'll clear him, but they won't clear, you know, these other guys. It just doesn't make any sense. But I don't want to go off on that tangent. Here's my point. The Reds need to win this series with the Milwaukee Brewers. It's going to be very important. The Reds have, I think, a really good rotation if they would just move Dan Straley, or not Dan Straley, I wish they'd signed Dan Straley, even though he's a fly ball pitcher, but I think he'd be good for this team. I think they need to move Disco. Here, mark my words, my friends. Anthony Disclafani is not a starter. He breaks down too often. He needs to be traded to the Mariners or put in the bullpen. And let's get uh, Lucas Sims up here because that's just my opinion. I don't think Disco is going to be that great, even though he pitched a really good game his last game out in the spring training. I just don't think Disco is a starter. He had one good season with the Reds, and he hasn't stayed healthy since. A lot of that is because he needs to be in the bullpen and come out short stints not laboring through starts. So, anyway, to make a longer story short, what is going to happen in this Milwaukee series? Well, they're going to have three games, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, with Milwaukee, and I am really hoping and really praying they can win two out of three of these because these games are not going to be easily won. And I just think that the Reds need to probably just pick one lineup and go with that and pick three starters for the outfield and go with that and quit trying this four-man outfield rotation. Or actually, I guess it's a two-man outfield rotation because Puig's playing every day. Anyways... So, anything else working? Anything else not working? Right now, Jose Iglesias getting on base, hitting very well. What isn't working? Well, Shebler, Suarez, Puig don't have a hit yet. So, that's troubling. I think Tanner Rourke tomorrow, I think he's going to do really well. I said Castillo would give up four in runs, and I said Sonny Gray would be lights out, and now I'm saying Tanner Work would do really well. 
This is what I'm hoping for Tanner Rourke. I'm hoping that Tanner Rourke gives them seven solid innings tomorrow of allowing under three earned runs. And I hope Tanner Rourke goes those seven innings, gives up, you know, five or six hits and only two earned runs, and they can turn it over to the bullpen and uh, take a win home tomorrow. So that's my predictions. That's what I think is going to happen. Do I think the Reds are going to make those trades? No. But I can tell you this, Toronto right now is wanting to move Kevin Pillar. I think it would be smart for the Reds to go ahead and make that trade, trade Scott Shebler for him. And um, at least they could go, okay, this Winker, Pilar, and Puig, that's our outfield. And, you know, rock on 18 more. In fact, you might even be able to trade Shebler and Kemp to the Blue Jays, but don't quote me on that. I haven't looked at the Blue Jays' um, payroll but they are looking for outfielders, corner outfielders, whatever the case may be, and they want to move Kevin Pillar. Oh, and another thing, the other reason I think Kemp might work in Toronto if you're not going to trade him with the Diamondbacks, the Blue Jays literally just traded uh, Kendry's Morales to the Oakland Athletics. Well, never mind. They're not going to do that trade because they're actually paying... 11 million of Kenry Malala's 13 million dollars. So I'd have to look at their books. Maybe they could trade. Well, I don't think this will ever happen. Maybe they could trade Shebler and Kemp for Stroman, Pilar. Because see, Pilar is making the six million dollars. Stroman, I think, is making seven or eight million. So you got 13 million there. Kemp's making 14 and a half or 16 million for the Reds. He's making more than that, but it's already being paid by somebody else. I'd have to look up what Shebler's making, but there's probably a deal to be made there if the Blue Jays had another contract coming back. Anyway, to make a long story short, to fix the Reds, that's what needs to happen, and that's all I got to say about that. So let's hope we get a good win tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. Let's hope that uh, David Bell doesn't pull pitchers when they are almost out of an inning. Let's hope he doesn't use Jared Hughes in wrong situations anymore. And let's hope that he doesn't think Wandy Peralta is a inning eater pitcher because Wandy Peralta is a guy that should be brought in as a loogie to face a left-handed hitter only. That's what that was my real big problem with Brian Price. Brian Price would throw him out there for one inning, two innings. And he just get rocked sometimes. But uh, anyway, I think that uh, the Reds will have some good luck. And I think the Reds will probably break out tomorrow. And I'm hoping that we'll see Puig's first home run tomorrow. I'm hoping that the batting order starts out with Jesse Winker. Uh, but I'm thinking that we're going to be stuck with Scott Shebler as the center fielder for a while. This team, I hate to keep harping on it. The front office doesn't make moves. They're more reactionary. They don't ever make moves like seeing it happen down the road. You know, they're not proactive. And that's the real problem with uh, the Reds front office is they don't, I, like I said, I open it up with they don't have a plan and then the plan they do have isn't any good and they, they don't even execute their own plan. So, um... Let's hope that the Reds can try and make a move to clear out the outfield clutter 
improve the roster somehow, even if it's just a little bit. And I think if they can do that, I think the Reds can stay with the uh, Brewers and the Cardinals all the way to the end of the season. And all they got to do is win series. That's why this series with the Brewers is so important. They got to win this series. And to win two out of three games, that's all they got to do. And um, let's just hope that Tanner Rourke is a uh, pitcher that's going to mirror the back of his uh, baseball card because he's a durable pitcher. He's thrown um, more innings, like I think the sixth or seventh most. It was a uh, tweet that was uh, thrown out there when the Reds got him. And I'm going to say this. I think the Tanner Rourke trade is going to be one of the best trades that this front office has ever made. And I understand that they have Puig, and I understand they have, you know, Matt Kemp and Alex Wood on the other trade and got rid of Homer Bailey, but they literally traded like Tanner Rainey, their 24th or 25th best prospect, for one year of Tanner Rourke. Now, that's a steal. And, uh,. I just think that this will probably go down as one of the better Reds trades for this front office because God knows they've lost nearly every trade they've ever made. And yes, I know I'm going to get heck for this, but they did turn down Jose Ramirez and Mike Clevenger and another prospect for Todd Frazier and instead went with Shebler, Peraza, and Dixon. So I don't care who you are what planet you're on, if you're a Martian that came down and was like, oh, these are the two trades. I don't know anything about baseball, but I do want these guys over here inside these Blue Dodgers. Because literally right now the Reds are kind of looking like uh, Dodgers East. It's almost kind of annoying if you really think about it.